Welcome to Lockdown Blackhawks for Monday, November 18th, 2019. The Blackhawks are on an absolute tear. My name is Jay Zawoski. Lockdown Blackhawks is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team. Every day, we're going to get to, obviously, the Blackhawks' 4-1 to win over the Buffalo Sabres on Sunday night, the 7-2 to win over the Predators in Nashville on Saturday night, All of a sudden, the Hawks have won four games in a row, and they have won five of their last six. In those five wins, 26 goals for the Blackhawks. 26 goals and the five wins they've put together out of their last six. The offense is working. And who knew that not dumping the puck in every possession would lead to some goals? Hmm. Interesting. No one that listens to this podcast would have ever thought that. Anyway, before we get into everything, want to tell you how to get in touch. By the way, tomorrow is Talk Back Tuesday. Make sure you get your questions and emails in. LockedOnBlackHawks at gmail.com. You can leave a voicemail, 708-653-0572. Twitter, at LO underscore Blackhawks. You can follow my personal account there as well at jayzawaski670 and follow the madhouse chicago hockey podcast at madhouse pod if you missed friday's madhouse podcast go back and listen i detail very specifically what happened with jeremy Cowton and the hawks brass and why the sudden change was made there was a come to jesus meeting in the ivory tower with jeremy Cowton and some of his bosses saying change or else That happened between the Sharks and Vancouver game. And since that Vancouver game, like I said, the Hawks have won five of six. So make sure you check out that Madhouse podcast. All right. Let's start with last night's win over the Sabres. Going to spend more time on that since it's more recent. But how can you not feel great about the way that game went last night? Kirby Doc with two goals. Could have easily had three goals. Could have easily had four goals. Had one move where he drove the net, went to the backhand, and uh, just couldn't finish the move. Carter Hutton made a nice save to deny him that chance. That was right before the second. His uh, that was between his first and second goals. He played a fantastic game, and we're starting to see Kirby Doc figure it out. Right, you see a young player. Uh, trying to find their way on the ice every night, trying to get comfortable, trying to find their role and how to attack and what it takes to succeed in the NHL. And Kirby Doc has been incredible over the last few games. And it's not just goal scoring. The game against Nashville, we saw him take a puck away and set up a goal. He's playing with so much confidence right now. It's really, really impressive. Kirby Doc was so noticeable last night, and he only played 13.46 of ice time. Two goals, he was a plus one, four shots on goal, and another missed shot. He was all over the place. He was incredibly effective, the only Hawk with two points Sunday night. And there's so many good things to talk about in this game. We're going to get to the pluses and minuses later on. But, man, to see Doc sort of make this turn has been something else to watch. And I don't want to look when you when you're winning 4-1 and 7-2, you can sort of not really pay attention to the defense. 
what a difference Connor Murphy has made in his two games back. Breaking up passes, blocking shots, just playing all-around solid defense. I hope that now that we're seeing Connor Murphy back in the lineup, Hawks fans will give him a chance and realize how important he is to this team. He is their best pure defender. He is. Duncan Keith still has it, right? He's he's playing very well, but he takes some chances. He gets caught out of position sometimes because of that. Connor Murphy is the stay-at-home shutdown guy in these last two games. He's been absolutely tremendous. Glad he's back. Eric Gustafson is showing signs of life. The Hawks' defense in general is scoring. Gustafson scored on Saturday. Seabrook scored on Saturday. DeHaan has scored. Gustafson scoring. They're getting goals from the defense, something they hadn't gotten in a long, long time. So everything seems to be good, right? Even the shots on goal. And I was hoping this would be like, I would imagine, had they outshot the Sabres Sunday night, it would have been the first time they outshot an opponent all year. I need to go back and check that. I'll do that for tomorrow's show. But the Hawks are outshot 34-27 to 27 Sunday night. But that's really close. And we haven't seen them getting dominated offensively like they had been. We're seeing them, it's more even. And even if the shots are a little lopsided, those prime scoring chances are not. They're close to even over this little stretch here. So a lot to be encouraged about. You know, you just sort of look top to bottom. Brandon Saad continues his great play. And I don't know <laughs> what he was doing on that breakaway where he stick-handled himself out of a shot on goal. But setting up Taves on the goal, uh, just continuing to play very uh, physically and effectively, winning the puck, setting up nice passes. He's been really good. Brent Seabrook was plus five against the National Predators. He's been good. Zach Smith has been good. You go top to bottom. I mean, it goes without saying that Patrick Kane's been good. And, of course, the goaltending's been outstanding. Corey Crawford was excellent Sunday night. So is Robin Leonard against Nashville. This is how this should have looked all year long. And this is why I was frustrated with Jeremy Cowton. You were frustrated with Jeremy Cowton. People that cover the Blackhawks were frustrated with Jeremy Cowton. The answer seems so obvious. And are they as good as they're playing right now? Probably not. Probably not. They, they're in a little bit of a hot streak, and that's great. But I said all along, if you want to go back, this is episode 36 of Lockdown Blackhawks. You want to go listen to the 35 before this one? I've said from day one that the team is more talented than they had been playing. And I think this re- this recent run proves that fact correct. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Listening on the go, if you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers.
It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Jay Zawoski with you here. Let's go over the pluses and minuses for the weekend of Chicago Blackhawks domination, outscoring Nashville and Buffalo 11-3. Guess what? There's going to be a lot of pluses. The first plus of the weekend has to go to Patrick Kane, who extended his scoring streak to nine games. A goal and an assist against Nashville on Saturday and a goal Sunday against the Buffalo Savers, bringing his nine-game streak total to 17 points. That's eight goals and nine assists in his last nine games. Patrick Kane, safe to say he's back. The next plus goes to Connor Murphy, who I mentioned in the first segment of the show, has bounced back into the lineup and has played very, very well, very, very effective defense in the game against Nashville. Connor Murphy played 20 minutes and five seconds of ice time. In the game against Buffalo, Connor Murphy played 17-59. Wonder if they dialed his minutes back as the game got, uh, you know, as the Hawks pulled away, got up 4-1, to one, uh, t- take some of those minutes away from uh, Connor Murphy. So uh, two back-to-back games coming off a groin injury. Really great to see Connor Murphy bounce back like he hadn't missed a beat whatsoever. The next plus, obviously, Kirby Doc. He has really stepped up his game. He has really found the next level of his point scoring and goal scoring. He had an assist in the game against Nashville. He had two goals in the game against Buffalo. His first multi-goal game in the National Hockey League. And how? think about the first time you saw Kirby Doc on the ice for the Blackhawks this season versus how he looked tonight and over the last handful of games. Looks like a different player. And to see him use his speed and his strength and his stick handling all together, it's been really fun to watch, as has the entire team over this stretch. But, you know, it's funny. These young players, it takes a little bit of, like, you get, they got to work through it. Coming from junior is a big step for Kirby Doc. And you're seeing him now... At this point in the season, he knows what works and what doesn't. He knows what's expected of him and what's not. He knows the proper way to forecheck. He knows the speed of the game. All the little pieces that it takes for a player to kind of become fully realized are starting to put themselves together for Kirby Doc. And look, Pat Foley and Eddie Olchek talked about it Sunday night. He's not even close to growing into his body. He's a string bean. At this point, and you're still seeing him out muscle people, out skate people. When Kirby Doc is fully built, he's going to be a powerhouse, an unstoppable power forward. And I'm trying to think of like who's a comp for Kirby Doc. And a lot of people have suggested some names here or there, but like I hear Keith Primo, and I feel like he's probably not that physical. He's probably got a little more skill than Keith Primo. Keith Primo is a really good player, there's no doubt about it. Uh, there was a guy on the B- Sabres and Lightning in the 90s named Chris Gratton, but I think Kirby Doc has more skill than Chris Gratton. Someone like Ryan Getzlaff, maybe? Like a big physical center that can score? I don't know. Any of those names would be fine. I think I would like him to be better than Chris Gratton, but um, I don't know. He's kind of a unique player. I- I'm really interested to see when he fully grows what he's going to look like and how he's going to play because 
there's not a ton of like really big centers anymore. Vincent LeCavalier, that's probably a little hopeful, right? LeCavalier is probably a Hall of Famer. He is a Hall of Famer, no doubt about that. But he was another sort of biggish forward that didn't have blazing speed, but just had all the offensive ability you'd ever need. I don't know. Whoever it is, I'm really excited to watch it come. Next plus of the weekend goes to Robin Leonard and Corey Crawford. Uh, Sunday night, Corey Crawford stops 33 of 34 shots. Obviously, very, very good. And then Saturday night, Robin Leonard stops 39 of 41 shots on goal. Many of them high danger scoring chances. That game against Nashville, the Hawks were outshot 41 to 24. So they had a lot of looks. They had a lot of chances. Uh, really great to see the Blackhawks goaltenders play as well as they've been playing. And this is why you invest 11 million bucks between the pipes. Now let's move on to the minuses. Only because we have to. First minus Saturday was not in love with Robin Leonard's rebound control. Again, I'm nitpicking big time at this point because I think the Hawks have been really good. The goalies have been really good, but Leonard's rebound control had been so great all season that when it's not great, it really, really stands out. So that was a little bit of a concern for me, but overall he's been absolutely outstanding. And the second and final Minus is going to go to Calvin DeHaan, who had two brutal turnovers against the Buffalo Sabres. One turned into a goal. The other one was almost a goal. Uh, I want to see Calvin DeHaan tighten up, but look, he's been so good this year. It's hard for me to pick on the guy. He's been an excellent addition to the team and uh, really like what he's brought. So, But if we have to do minuses, there's no way we could leave Calvin DeHaan's turnovers out of that. All right, let's go down the number line like we always do on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's start with Saturday's win, the 7-2 win over the Nashville Predators. And when you look at the possession numbers of this game, Nashville had a big advantage. They had a 62% Corsi to 37, 63 shot attempts for, 38 shot attempts against. But like we've talked about, the high danger scoring chances, 6-6, six, six, even for both teams. And while the Predators were throwing a lot of pucks at Robin Leonard on Saturday night, the high danger chances were limited by the Hawks. By the way, Nashville had four high danger chances in the third period as they were trying to get back in the game. Before that, the Hawks limited them to two. The Hawks had three high-danger chances in the first, two high-danger chances in the second, and one in the third. Remember, if you want to check out these stats for yourself, go to Natural Stat Trick. There's always a link in the uh, description of every podcast we do. So check it out there. Look at the description. You can click on the glossary and find out what some of these terms mean. As far as the players go for Saturday... Three Blackhawks were over the 50% Corsi mark. That was your top line of Brandon Saad with 55.17, Jonathan Taze with 54.84, and Alex Nylander, who we failed to mention, my bad, had two goals against Nashville 
on Saturday. He had a 53.33 in Corsi 4 percentage. Beyond that, the next Blackhawk in Corsi percentage was Connor Murphy, actually, and Duncan Keith, both tied with a 39.39 Corsi 4 percentage. This is at 5 on 5. 13 shot attempts for, 20 against against Nashville. So not a great possession game for the Hawks, but guess what? Possession is only part of the story because the Hawks won 7-2. to All right, let's take a look at Sunday's game. Much closer in the possession numbers, Buffalo held a 53-47 to Corsi percentage. Buffalo had 40 shot attempts. The Blackhawks had 36. Very, very even. As far as high danger scoring chances for, Blackhawks had 13. Buffalo had 10. So the Hawks had the better look, the better looks at the net and the better scoring chances in Sunday's game. Going to the individual performances. Once again, the Blackhawks' top line finishes 1-2-3. and three. In possession numbers, Jonathan Taves with a dominant 64% Corsi 4 percentage. Brandon Saad, 61.54. Alex Nylander, an even 60%, as was Dominic Kubelik. Now, going down the line, Kirby Dock, Kelvin Nahan, Connor Murphy, David Kampf, Oli Mata, Zach Smith, all 50% or higher. The lowest Blackhawk was Dylan Strom with a 20. Corsi rating, Strom, DeBrinkett, and Kane were uh, the bottom three. So the line that had been sort of carrying the Blackhawks as of late did not do great in possession in this game. But look, you're going to have those nights where things are not working out exactly the way you planned or exactly the way they go. And Buffalo was, was probably focusing on slowing that line down. And Buffalo did a good job early. The Hawks, it looked like a game that maybe the Hawks were not going to be great in. Buffalo was was cutting out those, uh, you know, th- what the Hawks have been doing lately is once they're in a neutral zone, they're looking for that pass to the boards, then that pass down the middle. They've been exploiting that a lot. Buffalo is shutting that down early and often, but as the Hawks kept sticking with it, it eventually began to work, and uh, the Hawks had some really good success uh, against the Sabres as the game went on. So as far as complete games go, this one – Against Buffalo, you feel pretty good about it. Obviously, a 7-2 win over Nashville is good, but they're still getting killed in shot attempts, shots on goal, and that's not great. You don't want that happening. This was the Hawks probably at their best defensively as they've been in a while. And again, remember, they were up kind of big. There were two big giveaways from Calvin DeHaan in the third period that you know made it look a little closer than it was. I think the Hawks played a really solid game against Buffalo on Sunday, especially considering they'd played the night before on the road against a really tough divisional opponent. Very impressed with what the Blackhawks have put together over their last, well, five of their last six games. And look, that Pittsburgh game, they still got a point. They've got points in six straight, and they they blew a lead against the, the, uh, the, against the Penguins. I almost said the Steelers. Yeah. Recording this on a Sunday. By the way, how about the Bears? Was that fun? Did you enjoy that? Yeah, me neither. How about Mitch Trubisky's hip? Oh, man. 
Anyway, let's stick with the Blackhawks because I am really glad, by the way, I'm off work at the score this week. It's going to be all Blackhawks for me. I do not want to deal with this whole thing on Monday. Glad I don't have to. Um, but, yeah, look, we've got a Chicago team doing well. And I hope they get the attention they deserve because, look, they have dug themselves out from a really, really dire situation. And I called for Jeremy Cowan to be fired, what was that, two weeks ago? And since then, they've responded. Again, I need to be as clear as I can be with this. I am not taking any 0% credit for the Blackhawks turnaround. Like I said on Friday's Madhouse podcast, the Blackhawks brass, I don't know specifically who, called a meeting after the San Jose game when the Hawks got back in town and said, fix it or else. And to his credit, Jeremy Cowton's fixed it. I just want to, I want to roadmap this for you listening. So the Hawks played November 5th, Tuesday in San Jose. They lost four to two, even though it was not even remotely that close. They fly home on Wednesday, no practice Wednesday. Then they play Vancouver on Thursday. So the new system was implemented in a meeting on Thursday. There was no practice. The Hawks did not have a chance to practice the new system before they released it. And remember, I read you this quote on the November 8th Lockdown Blackhawks podcast from Dylan Strom, where after the game on Thursday against Vancouver, I know I'm saying a lot of days here, but after the Vancouver win, Dylan Strom said, yeah, we went back to last year's system and a lot of us were a lot more comfortable. That was the day the change was made, and that was the day the Hawks started the sixth straight with a point. So Jeremy Collin was told, you've got to fix this. This has to get better, and if it doesn't, we're moving on from you. He listened, he responded, and all of a sudden, the Blackhawks are, you might not know this yet, they are one point out of the last wild card spot. They ha- they are behind Dallas, who's got 24 points in 21 games, Vegas, who has 23 points in 22 games, and Calgary, who has 23 points in 23 games. The Blackhawks have 22 points in 20 games. So they've got at least one game in hand on the teams they're chasing. It's amazing what a good week of hockey will do for you, isn't it? What looked like a team that was dead in the water is all of a sudden back in the playoff hunt. And I mentioned how they're right behind Dallas. They play Carolina Tuesday. They play Tampa Thursday. Then they play Dallas on Saturday and Tuesday again. So two games in a row against the Stars. You want to make some noise? You want to move up in the standings? There's your opportunity. There's the chance to do it. So, looking at the Central Division, by the way, I mentioned the Hawks have 22 points. Third place, the Jets have 25. Second place, the Avalanche have 26. First place, the Blues have 29. So, the Hawks are only four points behind the Colorado Avalanche, who a lot of people have picked to win the division. I still think they're going to, but... 
all of a sudden, right? And guess what? After those two games against Dallas, they play Colorado twice. We said when this stretch started, it was make or break time for the Blackhawks. And they needed to get back in this thing. They've won four straight, five of their last six, and have taken points in six straight. That is a turnaround. And now I cannot wait for tomorrow night's game against the Carolina Hurricanes and my special boy, Tavo Teravainen. That's going to do it for Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, tomorrow's Lockdown Blackhawks is Talk Back Tuesday. Get those questions in lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com, Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks, or those voicemails. They sound great. We love to hear your voice on Lockdown Blackhawks, 708 653 0572. If you don't want to call the number, pick up your phone, open your voice memos app, record a voice memo, and email it to lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. We'll be with you on Tuesday for Talk Back Tuesday and hopefully a whole lot more good stuff to discuss again check out friday's madhouse podcast that was recorded on the 15th for all the details on the jeremy cowton meeting ahead of the vancouver game with that gonna wrap it up thanks for listening to lockdown blackhawks part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day talk to you tuesday morning